must have been fairly early on for me to have obviously carried on doing what I've been doing. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can pinpoint a moment to be honest. It's just the whole experience was so good and it was surrounded by really good, friendly people who, who had um, the same interests at heart, which was obviously helping the club. The period when I was about 14 or 15, that I scored four hat-tricks in five games that I played in. And um, I was on cloud nine. You couldn't, sort of, you couldn't bring me down. And uh, I would say community is the big thing for me. Oh, um, good one. Any age, any gender, any anything, anyone can be a part of it and enjoy it. And right, hi guys. Once again, it's me, Rob Crane. Big shout out to Comic Relief and Groundwork for supporting our supporting work with hashtag Just Talk. As always, big thank you so much for all the work you do so we're able to get this podcast out every single week. We've got a bit of a special one today. Someone I have worked with in the past, not for a very long time, but we came quite close and we built quite a good relationship. And of course, here we are, guys. We're going back to the Wingate and Finchley days for myself. We wasn't there for long, but... One person who did make me feel very, very welcome when I was there. I think he's the first person I met as I went through the gate. We're joined by... Guys, you know what I'm like with names. I can't even say English names, but... We're joined by Nikhil Segnagli. I know that's wrong, but I'm sure you'll correct me. <laughs> that's, it's as close as uh, most people get, so I won't hold it against you, mate. Yeah, uh, my name's Nikhil Seglani. Not too bad. So, how are, how are you finding this heat? <clears throat> Yeah, I've got about two fans on me at the moment, mate. So, um, yeah, trying not to completely sort of uh, blow up in all this heat at the moment. It's uh, uh, it's really, really hot. It's not now that it hits you. It'll be like <clears> when you go out of bed. And... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm I'll need one... about three fans then. <laughs> I'm one of them. It keeps walking up all the time. But I don't realise that's making me hotter. But uh, <laughs> yeah. enough of my boring nightlife. But, uh, <laughs> Nikhil, I mentioned that, you know, we met at Wingate and Finchley. Yeah. Would you like to tell the beautiful listeners of... Why you're there? Yeah, sure. Um, so I joined Wingate and Finchley uh, as a volunteer seven years ago now, actually. Um, so I was 16 years old and was just looking for some work experience uh, in football and football journalism and media because um, that's what I wanted to do at the time. And uh, yeah, just sort of found my most local club, went to a game, spoke to a few people and uh, from from the the first uh, game of the 2014-15 season, I was at one of the club's press offices. Uh, so doing match reports, social media, interviews, lots of filming. Uh, yeah, and it just took off from there, really. And we built a really big team. And so that's obviously something that you were part of uh, for a little while as well. Um, and yeah, it's just it's sort of grown and grown and got a lot of people on board. And a few people have obviously moved on as well, um, with it being a voluntary position anyway. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's been a really, really incredible experience, to be honest. No, I feel like you've put yourself down a little, a little bit, even though you've, you've done really well to, to say what you do. I, I genuinely think you do a lot more. You know, there was, you was always making sure the players had their drinks as they come in and you're always making sure everyone had a food token. You're always making sure everyone had the right equipment. Even I walked through the door. How big, how fat I was at the time. You, you still tried to find me a polo. You made sure I had a match day program. You made sure I was set up for everything. So just to say you're a press officer, I think you're putting yourself down a little bit there. But <laughs> Yeah, stop. no, uh, at, at voluntary level, everyone everyone chips in and does everything. Uh, yeah. we, we've, we've warmed up players. And I've gone in goal uh, before a game to help the strikers warm up. 
Um, uh, I've made tea and coffee in uh, at winter games in the freezing cold. So yeah, it's a voluntary role, and all those things uh, help the club overall. So I think everyone's always happy to do them. I think, to be honest with you, I think you're one of our actual first volunteers I've actually had that genuinely goes and doesn't really doesn't play, doesn't get paid. But enough of praising you. I don't like to praise people too much. But <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get back on track. So you said about the uh, you doing the press stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. What What makes you want to do that? What was the, What was the end goal for the kill when you joined <clears throat> Wingate and Finchley? Uh, to be honest, if, if I'm completely honest with you, it was just for a couple of years initially. I thought. Um, just before I head off to uni, I'll get some experience under my belt and uh, obviously good for the CV uh, and maybe help me when I'm eventually looking to get a job in sort of when I'm 21, 22 years old. Um, I, I didn't anticipate it to, to grow what it grew to become, um, but I'm, I'm grateful that it did, to be honest. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. So you said about you winning gold to help strikers warm up. How, how <laughs> yeah. was that experience? Oh, I was awful. Uh, you've met me, mate, and I'm I'm as uh, short as they come. So yeah, you're shorter uh, than me. So anyone who knows me will exactly. be pretty shocked. Exactly. Yeah. So all the players had to do was put it sort of not even top bins, sort of medium bins, and they, they got past me. But uh, yeah, it, it was at a preseason friendly, and th- there was only one goalkeeper on the day who was obviously in the changing room. Um, so yeah, I warmed up the subs, and they just built their confidence and took shots that pretty much all went past me. I did oh. make a couple of saves. I'll, I'll say that. I did make a couple. but uh, You had to uh, throw that in there. You had to throw that yeah, in of course. There. Of course. But uh, largely, uh, they all flew past me, to be honest. Well, you know, I know you said about wanting to build up the CV and stuff like that. But people yeah. normally do that for six months to a year. You know, it's yeah. going on now. I'm really bad at maths. This is probably your sixth or seventh season? I've, I've finished seven seasons, yeah. The, the last two were obviously massively disrupted by COVID. Oh, of but, course. Yeah. Of course. But why have you stuck around for that long? Surely there's a bit more than trying <laughs> to get experience from that. Yeah. Uh, after the sort of, especially the second and third year, they, they were really, really good experiences. And uh, it, it became sort of like a, a family club for me. And I was at more games than I was going to watch Spurs, who are my, my team that I support. Um, grew to become good friends with some of the players and the people behind the scenes as well. So it it became a thing, not just me, but all the other volunteers just loved doing. Um, so there was no reason to stop. Um, and yeah, we balanced it alongside uni. I think I did more Wingate work when I was at uni than I did uni work, um, especially on match days and stuff. So yeah, it, we clearly enjoyed it enough to do a lot and put 110% into it. I think even <clears throat> going away from, you know, the professional side to it, you're clearly, clearly in love with a football club. What was the moment where you realised that you love Wingate and Finchley Football Club? Because not many people in the world will say that. Yeah. But, you know, what was the moment that made you think, yeah, I love this club? Oh, that is a really good question. You know what? If Maybe I'll think about it straight after we've finished talking, but I don't think there's one moment that sticks in mind. Um, it, it must have been fairly early on for me to have obviously carried on doing what I've been doing. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can pinpoint a moment, to be honest. It's just the whole experience was so good and it was surrounded by really good, friendly people who who had um, the same interests at heart, which was obviously helping the club. Uh, so, yeah, it was... Yeah, I really don't think I can pinpoint a moment right now. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> so, Nikhil, <clears throat> why are you not playing for Wingate and Finchley? You've been there enough. Surely you'll have a testimonial <laughs> song soon. I, I have asked for a friendly appearance for six years and I have not got one. 
Um, so all the managers and all the youth managers and the development team managers and yeah, you're all, um, you're none of you are on my Christmas card list at the moment because all I wanted was five minutes in a friendly and I didn't get it. Well, I don't think Clarky's on anyone's Christmas <laughs> list. but Yeah, oh yeah, especially him. Clarky was the worst one because he, yeah. he, he teased me with it as well. He said, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a chance and he never did. So um, yeah, if he's listening to this, then uh, Clarky, there's a reason why um, I'm not very happy with you and that is the very reason. Yeah, Clark is the only person who made me take shots from 35 yards out of my Linden when it was raining quite heavily and just to say, yeah, all right, you're not even playing. I was like, all right, cheers, thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, that sounds about right, yeah. It was, uh, he, he, uh, he was very nice to all of us and then when he uh, dangled that friendly carrot in front of me and then took it away, that was when I sort of thought, yeah, no, I'm not having this guy. Right, enough about Clarky. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Wingate in a little bit. I want to know yeah. a bit more about yourself when you... You know, if you want to get that five minutes for Wingate, what have you, where have you played, Nikhil? What have you done? You know, what what are you? Sure. Are you you're short. I'm going to go with you're probably, I'll say you're a right winger. It just likes to run with the ball. Am I correct? Uh, you're not too far off. So I played Sunday League uh, in my teenage years, uh, probably four or five seasons. I can't remember exactly. Um, and I was primarily a striker because I'm very lazy on the pitch. Um, but without wanting to sort of blow my own trumpet, I, I, I can finish. So um, that's what they left me up there to do. And uh, I won the Golden Boot, I think, all the seasons I played. So that was justified. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I was quick when I was younger, um, but I was too lazy to play on the wings. Didn't track back. Well, that, that's brilliant. Like, I think even when I've had hard times myself, playing as a forward, you know, when you yeah. just, I don't care what level you play at, unless you could play in front of no one in the rain or you could play in front of 90,000 people at Wembley. Yeah. Personally, when you score that goal, it brings your mood up so oh, much. There's, there's nothing like it. And I know all the pro footballers say explain, it. Say explain it. that feeling, what it means to you, especially oh, you've had a bad mate. week. What is, does yeah. it, can it influence your week when you was oh. even going forward? Say like you had a big, a big week at uni and you hadn't scored a goal. Was it, Mate, it was, did you struggle not mentally but with confidence and that for the rest of the week? You're completely right, it completely affects your, your mood. And I think football fans know that from supporting clubs. And those of us who've been lucky enough to play the game at any level will know that a good week in front of goal or if you're a keeper, a clean sheet can massively impact you. And I know that there was, like, for example, again, I'll blow my own trumpet because why not? There was, a, there was a period when I was about 14 or 15 that I scored four hat-tricks in five games that I played in. And um, I was on cloud nine. You couldn't, sort of, you couldn't bring me down. And the, the next week when I didn't manage to score any goals, it was sort of a, a massive, massive uh, drop of, uh, not confidence, I'd say, because obviously you still back yourself, but you're sort of annoyed with yourself that you haven't at least scored one to keep that run going. Um, so that is that is my sort of Sunday league claim to fame that record, but um, I know that it massively sort of made a difference to how the week went. Um, as does supporting a football club, your team wins and your mood is completely different, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I even had it on Sunday. I had a, it was, we only lost a friendly three-one, but I had two chances. It was probably too early yeah. for when I came into the game, but. You know, it does stick with you for the oh, week. Massively. I think yeah. I'm a bit, bit older now, a bit more experienced. I know when I'm playing, it doesn't affect me. But yeah, even when you think about it now, you probably think, ah, especially when you've just joined the club, should have tucked that one away. It changes moods yeah. and the change of them, the way people look at you, the way they think of you. I know that's completely wrong, but 
this is just human nature, you know? Yeah, absolutely right. And you know what? You just reminded me there of my uh, Sunday league debuts. I actually joined a team where the lads had been together for probably three or four years before I joined and I, I got the start on my debut. Um, and I was sort of like, okay, my first chance, I genuinely cannot miss this. Um, and, and I did. I didn't score my first chance. And then eventually, I think I scored just before half time or just after. And uh, everyone was so buzzing and it sort of brings you up, doesn't it? And <clears throat> I think they gave me man of the match, probably because it was my debut. I don't know if I really deserved it. But um, again, that just lifts your mood a little bit and on to the next week and you're, you're flying again, aren't you? It's, I like to call with strikers. I like to think of them as the stock market. You know, one day you can score a goal and you're so high and you're yeah. everyone loves you. Yeah. Then you miss a few sitters and you don't score for a few games and you're low. And no one wants yeah. to know, you know. I call it the stock market of feelings and emotions in sport. Because that's that's a brilliant happen. analogy, yeah. It can happen for anyone, really, you know. It's, yeah. I can go and play Sunday, not score again. A few of the boys give you that look because you're new and you think, oh, who's this? He's awful, he's rubbish. Get him yeah, off. he's a mug, yeah. But I can go and score a hat-trick and I'm, you know, everyone wants to you're know. You're the bee's knees, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, um, we... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I think all strikers, no matter, again, what level you played at, whether it's Sunday League or whether you're Harry Kane and you're the best striker in the world, you're, you're going to go through games where you don't score a goal. Look at the criticism he got when he didn't score for three games. And it was it, people were saying that he shouldn't be starting or uh, Calvert-Lewin should be starting and things like that. It's, it's, it happens to the best of us. So if it's going to affect someone's mood at Sunday League level and non-league level or whatever it's completely understandable and I, I don't think that's something that people should think that they're a lesser striker or a lesser player or a lesser person because of <laughs> there will be no talk of the uh, Euros in this podcast I'm still not over Sorry. it I'm I just still, had to mention I'm, the, I'm still the not Harry over Kane. It. I just had to mention that Harry Kane's the I know, best striker in the world it's, it's like you've brought up an ex-girlfriend it's, it's all come flooding <laughs> back Cry, crying in the toilets at one in the morning in the pub it's uh... <laughs> Yeah, wasn't wasn't a, wasn't a good time for me. But um, I haven't I haven't talked to some of my close football supporting friends about that game since it happened, so I can understand that completely. Swiftly moving on, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nikhil, you talk about scoring goals all the time, and you know you do this volunteering when you felt like a family. But yeah, come March last year, click of the fingers, all that was gone. It seems mental. Someone just clicked their fingers, and it all stops. It all comes to a halt. Yeah. He wasn't able to volunteer no more. He wasn't able to go out and score them hat-tricks anymore. Yeah. How did that affect you? It, you know what? Initially, I, I must admit, I maybe didn't take it as seriously. And I thought, oh, we'll probably be two or three weeks, no Premier yeah, League. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. No non-league, no playing with your mates. And then you'll be back. And it's, you know what? At the time, from a Spurs perspective, it wasn't going so well. So I was like, you know what? This break's probably not a bad thing. Um, I think we we're all pretty naive, weren't we? And to be, and if I'm honest, at the time, I, I also um, was working as a freelancer in my in my field um, and my job came to an end as well. So not only did I lose football, I actually lost my job as well. Um, so it was it was a really weird feeling. <clears throat> Sorry, especially for those first few weeks. Um, and I remember at the time I, I put on my Instagram story for like the first uh, the first day after like football was officially called off or postponed. I put on my Instagram story day one without football. I'm already lost. And then day two, I put day two, I'm actually in the gym. It, we have a sort of treadmill at home. And I said, oh, I'm in the gym. Day three, uh, I went into my sister's room and took a picture of her and said, day three, I'm actually spending time with my sister because there's no football. It was, it was mad. Yeah, I think I'm very careful on how I say this because there are a lot of people that have lost people and stuff like that. Of course. But of from course. a positive 
from a positive point of view and my own personal point of view, it's been a bit of a blessing to have all this time at home and you kind of get to reflect on stuff, you know. I kind of yeah. realised that I need to get back playing the game a bit more. It made yeah. us push for this podcast to go and help people. But yeah. you said you said about you lost your job and you couldn't contact we get stuff like that. But yeah, what did you do, Nils? Just you know, think right. Come on, this is not all doom and gloom for me. I'm quite lucky. What did you do to shake this cob? Just get up and going while the world was just crumbling around you. You're, you're going to laugh, to be honest, because. Um, obviously I wasn't working and I wasn't, didn't really have much else going on. So, uh, I went out and did some more volunteering. Um, <laughs> so my mum and I were delivering, uh, meals to, uh, elderly and vulnerable people at their homes, uh, in the North, Northwest London area, uh, which we did for about seven, eight weeks, I think while the sort of main peak of the pandemic was going on, maybe even longer, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that was sort of how I spent my day times. And then the evenings were just playing FIFA, to be honest. Um, that was the only sort of football bug I had that was not taken away from me. So, yeah, just loads of FIFA. Um, I think I finished like eight seasons within the first month or two of um, the lockdown. Yeah, I think we've all been there. I was there with Football Manager. Or... Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's just, it was a scary, scary time. But It was. And you know what? Seeing the, the vulnerable people, obviously, on a daily basis, um, made it sort of hit home a lot quicker. So initially, obviously, when we weren't all taking it so seriously, that that was sort of a wake up sign to you. Actually, you know what? This is quite a big thing, and uh, it's not the the passing thing that we initially thought it was going to be. Um, so you you definitely felt really really bad for some of these people living alone, uh, vulnerable, old, scared as well. Um, and yeah, it, it wasn't great to watch and great to see, to be honest. Nikhil, you know, you've done a lot of volunteering and that, as I keep saying, but when are you going to Nikhil? When are you going to, you know, possibly go and make a change? Well, you're making big changes in non-league, non-league football and grassroots football, but when are you going to put your stamp on it? When are you going to start something big? <laughs> uh, I, to be honest, because of COVID, uh, a lot changed in terms of football and there were fewer jobs in the sports industry and I've ended up moving out of sport and I work in the tech field now. Um, so sport is now a, still obviously a massive passion. And as a season ticket holder, I'm at every Spurs game once once it starts again and still going down to non-league football and watching any sport I can, to be honest. And lots of cricket coming up this summer that I'll be going to watch. So for me, it's just uh, a hobby and also a, a massive passion because even people at work that I work with who aren't maybe sports people know that I don't shut up about sport. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. I uh, as we're coming to the always the end of this podcast. I when I remember, I asked most guests this question: If you could change anything about the grassroots setup, the grassroots pyramid, the grassroots anything, even the grass yeah. itself, what, yeah. what would what would you change for better? I'm going to cheat a little bit and say people's attitude towards it rather than anything about it itself. Um, and I know this is obviously, there's been some some big steps taken uh, in recent years, especially obviously since being in it, I've noticed them, uh, that the attitude towards non-league and even lower league football has changed a lot. People are more uh, willing to take it seriously and go down and watch games uh, and initiatives like non-league day have been a massive help for that. Um, but I think people sneering at non-league and lower league football 
need to understand that actually it has a massive place in the English game. Uh, and for so many people, it is their football. There's a lot of people who don't support a Premier League team or a Championship team. Uh, and they follow lower league clubs, non-league clubs, um, all around the country or all around wherever they live. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'd change. If, if the attitudes towards it changed, I think a lot in the game would change for the good as well. Clubs mm. would be, be better off financially and uh, they'd be able to do more for their own supporters as well. So, slightly so, cheated your, your question there. Well, I'm going to cheat with on your cheated question because I'm going to say, when you said about people's attitude... I generally yeah. thought you meant the people within grassroots football, which I totally have <laughs> to agree. I think it's like, it's grassroots football for me. It's like your youth, you know, once it's yeah. gone and you can't play yeah. no more, it's gone. Right. I know you can coach. I know you can manage. I know you can referee. But we've yeah. even sat here and said this, Nikhil, there's no better feeling than scoring that goal. No. And it does affect your mood and it does affect mm-hmm. the way you are. So for me, when I'm 45 and I can't score that goal anymore, it's, I don't know how I'm going to be, you know, I find it quite scary. You know, it's not my, I hate to use this word. I know it's not a, like a drug. It's not, but yeah, that's my, that glyphs me. You know? It's an it's obsession. The way, it's the obsession of it. It's yeah. trying to improve on myself and get better. But yeah, yeah, enough of that. Nikhil, we're going to wrap it up there. Okay. Thanks for coming on. You've uh, been brilliant. Thank, uh, such thank you for having well. me. Thank you. No worries. But, uh, it was really good to speak. And obviously just to anyone, obviously listening, uh, just a general message about uh, grassroots and, and sport in general that it can be such a, a help for you mentally and physically as well obviously um, and whether you're a supporter or a player or even a volunteer as well um, I think there's a place for everyone in sport and despite all the, the incidents that have happened in recent times with uh, the racism and even sexism that we've seen within football that so much of the football community is welcoming and open and wants you to be part of it and I think that's something we need to make sure that we continue talking about to drown out the voices of those who are saying otherwise brilliant you sound like a right leader but uh, <laughs> it's been great chatting with you where can we find you on Twitter Instagram yeah I'm, I think I'm on every social media going at the moment um, so yeah my, my Twitter is Nikhil Siglani just my full name uh, and I'm also on Instagram under the same name as well brilliant brilliant right we're going to wrap it up there the last question awesome. I ask absolutely everyone, Nikhil, okay. what does grassroots football mean to you? In one word? Nah, we tried that last week. It was just too, <laughs> too challenging. Uh, I would say community is the big thing for me. Oh, um, good one. Any age, any gender, any anything, anyone can be a part of it and enjoy it and grow within it so yeah community brilliant guys that was Nikhil we'll see you all in two weeks Nikhil thanks for coming on man thanks a lot mate take care no worries man